Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Cake and Conversations. I am Sierra Narita, and I truly appreciate you hanging with me today. I do want to let you know that anything that you hear on this episode or any of my future Cake and Conversations, it's all for entertainment and information purposes only. I draw from my personal experiences. So if you are someone who needs additional help sorted through whatever it is that you may be going through, please seek professional help to help navigate through those waters. That being said, Let's get into the episode. I'm writing a vision and making it play. Don't think it's a game and some of it just might be hard to apply. I know it, I know it, but I don't care cause I know deep in my brain. I'm just there for greatness and I would not get it if I keep on playing. So let me go get it. Hello good people and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Cake and Conversations. So... Um, Well, let's just get to the obvious. Obviously, if you are um, a regular to the Cake and Conversations family, you probably noticed that I did not post a uh, podcast last week. Well, um, really, it was because last week life sucked. (laughs) Um, I had a few deaths in the family and I was just kind of in a space of blah and um Although I I could have definitely pushed through and even potentially talked about what I was going through on the podcast, um, I I decided to take take the week and really figure out what I was feeling, be able to get over those things, talk to God, um, get into prayer, all those things that will really help me along the journey. So I chose to... Um, instead of pushing through and, and completing a podcast, putting something out just for the sake of putting it out on a Tuesday, I decided it was, it was more beneficial to me, to my spirit, to spend time with God in prayer and just, you know, as much as I can in a, in a time when there's so much social distancing that is required, um, be there for family. So that's out the way. Thank you for coming back. Um, We are back on our regularly scheduled program on Tuesdays. So I will see you here on Tuesdays from this point forward until I decide to take a break. So now let's get into the episode for today. Today, I want to talk about struggles in Christian dating. Yes, that is what I want to talk about. Um, For Four specific areas are what I want to talk about today. I know there are a ton of things that I can really talk about. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be unpacked with this particular uh, topic, but four things are what we're really going to touch base on today. And honestly, I'm thinking about, I'll see how it's going to go because I have never went live on Facebook or Instagram. Well, I think I went live on Facebook once, didn't really go so well, but since then, I have not went live on Facebook or Instagram. I'm really not that tech savvy. <laughs> However, I think this might be a conversation that that we will take to Facebook Live and hopefully get some additional people onto the conversation and we'll see how it goes. If that happens, I'm thinking on Thursday, we'll see. We'll play with it and see what happens. All right. So struggles in Christian dating. Um, the first thing, top of the list 
of the struggles in Christian dating, I would say is abstinence. Now, since I have said the word, let me set it straight. It is abstinence, not celibacy. Celibacy is a vow for life. It is a lifelong vow between you and God, typically nuns, uh, monks, those type of people take vows of celibacy. Abstinence is the act of abstaining, not having sex for a specified amount of time. It doesn't have to necessarily be for one day to the next. It could be until I get married. That's the time frame. So for those out there in the world, abstinence is the word that you are looking for. Celibacy is basically you saying that you will never have sex and it's just you and God. All right. So now that we got that out the way, abstinence is one of the huge struggles of uh, Christian dating. One, because although a lot of us claim to be Christians, we do not always uh, follow the, the full Christian path when it comes to this particular topic. Um, so many times we are out here looking just like the world, looking exactly like the world in our conversation, um, in our text, text messages, in our um, FaceTimes or duo messages, in um, the things that we post online, in our dress, like all of these things, we are looking so much like the world. Um, but when we start, the idea is to remain abstinent. And the thing is, if that's, if that's where it starts, um, it is really going to take both people being committed to the lifestyle that they have chosen in order to maintain it with each other. Basically, if I'm, if I find myself being in a courtship with a young fellow <laughs> and obviously there would be some type of attraction. There's going to be some type of physical attraction, emotional, mental, all these things. You're going to be stimulated um, emotionally. You're going to be stimulated mentally. All these things are going to be happening if you are in a courtship and the goal is to lead to marriage. These are the relationships that I'm talking about. It's going to be difficult do not play yourself, Christian people. Do not play yourself. It is going to be difficult. It is a struggle to maintain abstinence if you are physically, emotionally, mentally stimulated by uh, a man or a woman. It is is going to be a struggle. However, it is not impossible. It is not impossible. Definitely you need to you need to pray and you need to have it purposed in your mind that this is what you're going to do and stand on it. Do not sway from it. Do not allow yourself to be swayed from it. Um, if this is a struggle for you, which it is an area of struggle for many people, if this is an area of struggle for you, then I would definitely say, uh, pull other people into your relationship. Don't get caught up in the, oh, I'm grown and I don't, I can do what I want. Because the thing is, if you allow other people to be a part of your courtship, you are more likely to be held accountable to the standards that you choose that you are choosing. So for instance, if I am someone who I'm like, I talk to the leadership at my church or a sister in Christ that I that I um, can confide in 
I talk to them and I tell them, first of all, you have to be honest. Be honest with yourself and be honest with the people that you allow into your space. So I'm talking to them and I'm being honest and I'm saying, listen, I'm struggling because there is an attraction. This person should either, one, tell me uh, what what thus saith the Lord, but then two, give me some practical advice. You know, if we're going to date, maybe there's a group date situation that needs to happen. Or maybe there's a situation where we don't need to actually be in each other's presence completely all the time alone. Or maybe there needs to be only situations where we're together outside or in a a space where there are multiple people. You have to learn how to set up boundaries and you have to learn how to move forward in those boundaries to keep yourself accountable. Now, again, we are all grown or you should be grown if you're dating to be married, (laughs) if you're courting, because that means that you are supposed to be getting married. The idea is that we're all grown and yes, Essentially, you can do whatever it is that you want to do, but would it be better in the long run for your relation, for your godly relationship to allow others to temporarily help you through this struggle so that in the end, when you get to the finish line of your singleness and you get to the point of marriage, that now your marriage is standing on a stronger ground. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say about that, because I think that um, so many times we get caught up in, but I'm grown, I can do what I want, that we forget that being grown does not make us exempt from the struggles of our youth. Did y'all hear me? I said being grown does not make us exempt from the struggles of our youth. So if this is something that you have struggled with since high school, since middle school, potentially, then or before potentially, then it's not going to magically go away just because now you have purpose in your head to be a certain way. No, it's probably going to be intensified because God loves marriage. God loves a, God loves a godly marriage, which means that Satan does not. So the temptation will be strong. So just make sure you, if this abstinence, it should definitely be a goal when you are courting, when you are dating as a Christian. So make sure that you are accountable to for to someone for your actions. All right. So, I feel like I was on a soapbox for that one. Um, the second thing, um, I'm going to call this weight searching <laughs> for Boaz. So there's a twofold with this particular thing. Um, I think right now I'm going to speak directly to the ladies, only to the women, because I feel like this is this is for us. The weight search where we're like, oh, I'm waiting for quote unquote Boaz, um, yet we are still out here searching. Um, and that does not to be confused with, with putting yourself in spaces to be seen, to be, to be sought after, to be, um, pursued. I'm not saying that, but a lot of times we will get into these situations with our brothers, brothers in Christ, we'll get into these situations and, um, will say, I'm just waiting on the Lord. I'm just waiting on the Lord. I'm just waiting on my Boaz. When all the while we have someone in our minds that we are like hoping and praying and taking before the Lord that he comes around as our Boaz. Now, I'm not saying that that's not right. I'm not saying that don't do it. I'm saying be very cautious in what you, in what, um, in putting, yourself in that position because then you will potentially miss out on someone else 
I'm not someone who necessarily believes that there is the one. I don't necessarily believe that. I believe that if you are Christians and you have um, compatibility in other areas, meaning your uh, values, your morals, the things that you are, you are similar in other areas, not similar, but you are compatible in other areas where you can get along, you like each other, um, you're good friends. If you are both Christians and you have a foundation of a friendship, I think that you can make a marriage work, period. Um, I don't think that it takes a bunch of pomp and circumstance to, to make a decision as a Christian uh, man or woman. And I think that a lot of times the world gets in the way of what uh, could be true or could be could could be a solid foundation and that's that's just how it is i feel like the world gets in the way of what could be a solid foundation and so because of that um we tend to really overanalyze things and when we when we overanalyze situations um we think of all of the negative all of the things that could potentially go wrong but we also need to take some time and think about those positives because we can do the what if game forever. And when you are weight searching, you are, it's so easy to X people out and wait on one specific person or have your eye on a quote unquote prize that may not necessarily be for you. Now in the same one for Boaz, um, I want to say that ladies don't think, I feel like I feel like the idea of Boaz has so many women, so many women's heads in the clouds. And I say that because, don't come for me just yet. <laughs> I say that because if you read your word and you read the description of Boaz, Boaz was a man that had, um, he was obviously a rich man. He was a man that he was good looking. T let's say he was tall, dark, and handsome, and he had some money in the bank. Um, and I feel like a lot of women potentially subconsciously, you know, not necessarily knowing that they're doing it, but I feel like a lot of women have this idea of a quote unquote Boaz in their head or what they feel like their potential mate should look like. And it very, very well mirrors Boaz in whatever hue you choose to, whatever hue is your preference. We're not talking about hues. We're talking about the other things, the other attributes. I feel like a lot of women have this idea of Boaz in their heads. And so they potentially um, automatically bypass other guys that could potentially be amazing mates for them because they're looking for this physical, these physical attributes of a guy and hoping that he is also a Christian man. So I, I would challenge you to... Uh, think outside of your box. Think outside of all of the boxes that you have used to place your perfect man in. Take them out of this box and allow God to just work. You know, be out here working, doing what you're supposed to be doing, and then it will happen. Um, and then the third thing I want to say is believing there is only one way. And what I mean by that is now, I just said, don't 
don't think that you are only going to have, a, don't think that there is only a Boaz out there, meaning those phys physical attributes that Boaz had, that tall, dark, and handsome, whatever that dark hue may be for you, to each his own. But um, Ruth and Boaz was one way to uh, be found by your husband, your mate. Now, there's so many marriages and love stories in the Bible. Um, and you need to understand that not all of them were pretty. Not all of them were like, you know, see, seeing her from, you know, afar and she is just light of my life. Not all of them were like that. Um, so we do, we have Ruth and Boaz. Boaz like saw her in a distance in the field. She was working. However, I think the, the part of that story that we tend to forget or not really emphasize, which I think is a major part of that story, is that Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, Naomi put her up on game. And she was like, listen, you need to go and do this and this and this. So she's the, Naomi was the one who told Ruth what to do in order to be seen by Boaz, in order to... Um, put herself in a position so that Boaz can notice her and essentially pursue her. Like he started to ask about her because she actually was being, she, she was in a position to be seen by him. But the only way that happened was because another woman, an older woman, um, someone who was looking out for her, this doesn't necessarily have to be an older woman, but in this particular situation, it was her mother-in-law, so it was an older woman. This older woman decided to to help her um, in her quest to be remarried. Unfortunately, that's not the case, right? I don't I don't think that happens a lot, unfortunately. And it, it kind of makes me sad that we have so many uh, single women in the church. And there is also, I think there's also a lot of married women in the church. Honestly, I would probably like, this is just an educated guess, but I would say it's probably split 50-50 of married women versus single women in the church. Um, but, but I, and I, this could be just my own flawed thinking, but I believe that a lot of times, um, these women, the older women or the women who, um, may be in these godly relationships are not in a sense mentoring for lack of a better word, these younger women or younger, uh, ladies in the church to, kind of put them up on game like Naomi did. They're not taking them under their wings and be like, okay, listen, yes, I know you want this as this is your, your end goal as far as your relationship status goes, but you need to be doing these things in, in, um, while you are waiting. And then also listen, go here, do this thing, you know, do this, do this task over here or go there. Cause so many times we, as Christian women, we get so stuck in the things that we do. We get so stuck in our routines and we are going to work. We are going to church and pretty much that is it. So we need to open ourselves up to, um, additional spaces that may also have those men that we are looking for the caliber of men that we are looking for, um, so that we can be noticed by them. Now, listen, to say that I do know that it's, that's a difficult thing to say because a lot of times we as women tend to be um, outnumber men in the spaces, especially if it is a church or Christian event, we tend to outnumber them ridiculously. Like, I know this. And so I'm not take, I'm not making light of that at all. At all. Um, but I do want us to start to put ourselves out there and it may not necessarily be church. It could be other places that also um, 
that also have that same caliber of men. It could be baseball games. It could be um, art galleries. It could be uh, sorority and fraternity galas. Like all these, there's there's so many things. Um, and then also some other some other uh, notable, a few other notable relationships that are in the Bible that you know came together in a different way. Of course, we got Mary and Joseph, Jesus's mother, Mary. She was pregnant when her and Joseph got married. Now, I'm not saying that go find you a pregnant woman, men, but I'm saying that the situation was not ideal. The situation was not something that Joseph, I'm sure, first of all, Joseph had to have a lot of faith to um, to 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 hear Mary say, you know, God spoke to me and this is God's baby and you know, this is going to be the king of kings. What I see in that is that Joseph was a man of faith, but also a high quality man. But um, so many times we look at um, situations of people and we automatically cancel them out. Joseph could have quietly allowed Mary to just go and have baby Jesus on her own. But no, he um, he believed her and he was an amazing stepfather to, to Jesus. And because of Joseph, uh, Jesus was raised with a man in his life and he taught him a trade. So it may be a situation. A lot of times I think some, some people don't like to really pursue women with children. However, you never know what type of life you are stepping into. And it could be something that turns out to be amazing. Of course they had other children. Um, Mary and Joseph did have other children, um, after Jesus, but you know, you may be stepping into a situation where she has children already and that's okay. That does not mean that she's any less of a Christian. It doesn't mean that you, um, have to be anything other than who you are, you know, be who you are as God has created you to be and everything else will fall into place. Um, another one, Isaac and Rebecca, basically Isaac boys hooked them up. <laughs> Rebecca was out minding her business and Abraham's Isaac's father knew that he needed to be married. He told them, go look for a wife for my son. They went out to find her and they set out on a task. The, the guy set out on a task and eventually came across Rebecca. That's how Isaac and Rebecca came to be. So set your friends up. <laughs> Set your friends up on these, on dates, if that's what it takes. You know, we, we know our friends better than any, I'm joking, but I'm telling, I'm, I'm serious at the same time. We know our friends better than really anybody. You know, if these, if these are people that you love, people that you respect and you, um, appreciate, then you know what their struggle is, you know, where their, um, strengths and weaknesses are. And you also have you ha you also have access to other people that they may not know. You know, it it's it's not. I feel like it's kind of foreign now, but I don't know why it is. But I feel like, um, well, I have a theory. <laughs> I, I, my theory is that specifically single people don't 
hook up other single people. And I'm not talking about, I'm just, this is a general statement. Don't hook up other single people because they feel like they potentially might miss out. Like if I hook you up with this person, then what if this person turns out to be great and y'all end up married? Now I'm the only single one. I feel like that's a lot. That's a mentality. Again, it could be uh, subconsciously. You may not know that you feel that way. However, I feel like a lot of people do. Um, but I, I, I'm not one of those people. If I see someone who I'm like, man, he looks really cool. He might be really good for one of my homegirls or man, she is gorgeous. Like I've talked to her. She is like amazing. She would be great for my homeboy. Like I am somebody, I will hook people up when I see the potential in something. But you know, that's what happened with Isaac and Rebecca. Like Isaac was, he was hooked up by his boys. Um, and then the last one that I'm going to mention is of course, Adam and Eve. Now, Adam and Eve was literally put together by God. That's not always going to happen. It's not, not saying that that cannot be your story and that is not your story, but it is not always going to happen where God is like, that's you. That's you. Okay. Like y'all to get, get together and create greatness. Like, Yes, it can absolutely happen, but it's not always going to be that way. And there are so many other stories, um, a couple that may not have started on the best note, but, <laughs> but potentially ended up, you know, great. Um, but yeah, there's so many, so many love stories in the Bible. So kind of, I kind of cringe every time I hear people only talk about Ruth and Boaz, because although that is an amazing, amazing, amazing love story in the Bible, you still have so many other marriages that, um, have so many other lessons, great lessons that you can model yourself after. Don't believe that there's only one way of finding love as a Christian, there's, there's so many ways, there's a multitude of ways and we need to explore all of those ways. Um, and then the, uh, the, the final point that I'm going to make, cause it's getting kind of long, but the final point that I'm going to make as far as the struggles with Christian dating is the feeling of rejection. I hear so many single women, women of quality, amazing women. I hear so many women saying that, um, saying that they're not being approached. Um, and I raised my hand to that because I have also said it and it is held true with me as well. But then I also hear men saying that women are standoffish. Now I rebuke that because I don't believe that I am, <laughs> but I'm not, that's not, I'm not going to say that there are no women, no Christian women out here that are not like that because I know that they are. But then at the same time, I feel like on both sides, there can be some games that are being played. And what I mean by that is everyone wants to be wanted. Everyone wants to be loved. Everyone wants to be in a relationship with another person who cares about them, right? And so um, as people, we can essentially play with someone's heart and allow ourselves to use the excuse of, I never said we were together, or I never said that I felt this way, or I never said that that's how it was. We can use that, even even as Christians, we use that as a crutch. In actuality, if we are truly operating as children of, of God, if we are truly operating in what's best for us according to the kingdom, then 
we know we are essentially blurring the lines with someone that we may not necessarily feel the same way about, which really sucks because a lot of times um, people tend to get hurt in that. And, and it's a hurt that a lot of people don't come back from easily because um, you feel like you're investing your time and your energy into someone and this person may be putting on as if they are truly interested in you even if it's a little bit of interest I find that when you are not 100% honest with someone and even if you are honest in your words your actions need to match it because if your actions don't match it no matter what you say the person on the receiving end will take it wrong you cannot send mixed messages about how you feel about someone because if that person has a desire to be married has a desire to be in a relationship then children of God brothers and sisters in Christ we have we have we should have the burden of taking care of our brothers and sisters hearts we, we shouldn't want to um, play with their emotions in that way because yes it's nice it's nice to have those people at, and you know we quote-unquote call them friends and we quote-unquote call them brothers and sisters in Christ but in actuality we know we know when um, we're not, when we're not being 100 uh, percent with someone we know when someone is falling for us or they like us more than what we may like them or they're acting as if this is a relationship when we didn't really specify that that's what this is we know we know what it is and i and it bothers me that so many people try to act like they don't know or they didn't recognize that that's what it that's what was happening or they fall back on i never said that this i never said it was like that it burns me up because so many people get hurt and get scarred from this type of thing and so now they take that baggage into the next thing and so they're even more guarded than they were before and so it takes the next person the person who could actually be for them takes them so long to break down those walls that you have helped create and now you are off living your life and this person is damaged so we need to make sure we are paying attention to how we are taking care of our brothers and sisters in Christ, how we are, um, how we are guarding their heart as well as our own. Like, and if that means that you have to cut off ties, if that means that you have to stop talking to someone, first of all, give them, give them some heads up. Like, don't just be like, I'm good. And just like cut them off and not say anything because that's damaging as well. <laughs> so, but definitely have a conversation and say, you know what? I, I I love you as a friend or I love you as a as a brother or sister in Christ. However, I feel like this relationship is going in an area in a way that I am not comfortable with and I am not there yet. So in order for me to protect your heart and guard you as I would like someone to do me, I'm going to have to separate. Now I know this conversation requires you to put your big boy, big girl draws on. <laughs> <laughs> and it is a difficult conversation to have because essentially we may be we may be uh, closing the door on something that we may want to keep cracked. But I, I I promise you, if you do that, if you take care of people's hearts, they will always take care of yours. Um, so I kind of went on a tangent on that because I feel so passionate about it because I've been in situations like this and um, I've been on both sides. And when I was on the side where the guy was feeling a way that I was not feeling, I absolutely let him know right from the jump. 
it is not like that. I'm not interested in you like that. I respect you and I appreciate you. However, that is not um, where I see this relationship going. For a minute, it seemed like he was cool with it. And we were still, you know, behaving as friends. He tried to blur those lines again. And eventually I cut it off. I had to, because the thing is, I love you enough as my brother in Christ to no longer talk to you anymore so that I can potentially guard your heart from the hurt that I would cause because I'm not feeling the same way that you are feeling towards me. Oh, child, that was a lot. <laughs> but it's, it's so true and it's so needed. And these are the struggles in the Christian dating world. Like this is truly, truly a struggle. And um, it's unfortunate that we don't, we don't um, care for each other's heart in this way because, man, we would, I think we would be in such a better position, such so much better spaces if we truly guarded our hearts and truly protected each other's heart in this, in this areas. And, you know, that's just, that's just where we are. I, now I can sit and talk about this um, topic forever. <laughs> I love to talk about love. I love to talk about relationships. I truly do. Um, but we have hit a mark where this is getting long and you're probably tired of listening to me talk about it. So um, again, I might, I may, I might, I don't know. We'll see. I potentially will bring this to a Facebook live and hopefully have some commentary from other people to, to be included. My, my, my prayer is that if I do that, that I will have some Christian men jump on the live so that they can give their perspectives. I think that will be so dope. Um, but yeah, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the space and hanging out with me today. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Cake and Conversations. I am Sierra Narita. Again, I will be here on Tuesdays. I apologize for last Tuesday. I was definitely going through with some family members. Thank you for your prayers and uh, keeping me lifted. Um, what else can I say? Nothing. I will talk to you soon.